0: Hello, and welcome to the High School Musical Show, where we talk about high school musicals and not high school musical. I am the weirdly written minority character who has <laughs> some kind of racial motivation, but not quite sure what it is, Andy.
1: And I know that I would be the screaming teen in the back, but I really spiritually connect with the grumpy adults just yelling youths out of their front lawns. Uh, Megan.
0: Megan, I uh, let's let's part the kimono a little bit. There's nothing I want to do less than talk about this. I I love talking to you every chance that I get. For sure. But I would rather lick rust than talk about the musical we're talking yeah,
1: about today. Not a you know this show really brings us back to our roots of um, not liking musical yeah, theater. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, let's just get to the chase. Megan, what what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie. I'm gonna miss you so.
0: what a show bye bye birdie let's end the episode now Um, (laughs) bye bye birdie was written by Charles Strauss Lee Adams and Michael Stewart they wrote the music lyrics and book respectively and it originally went on Broadway in 1960 um man and right off the bat let's just say it's a bad show Yep, bad show. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Hey, hey, theater yeah. director, I I see you. You're 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 about to click on on licensing this. Don't don't do it. Don't. It's. I bad. know.
1: I know all of the reasons it's so tempting to. <sighs> um, but hear us when we say don't. Though <laughs> just, just don't. Don't.
0: It's so bad. It's like okay. For everyone, uh, this is Bye Bye Birdie before I watched this for this podcast. Bye Bye Birdie existed in this way where, like, if I was talking to someone in theater and they were like, oh, you know, Bye Bye Birdie, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew what it was. But I, it it just, I have never heard anyone be like, you know what my favorite musical is? <laughs> Bye Bye Birdie, the 1960 <laughs> hit. Oh, yeah. It's just gross. It's gross.
1: It's not good.
0: Megan, do you have a plot synopsis for us I do.
1: And listen, I recognize that this plot synopsis just kind of glosses over 90% of the show, but I think that's fair. And Um, it does
0: the audience a favor.
1: (laughs) So essentially this story originated from the idea of Elvis, was conscripted into the U.S. Army in 1957, and these mm-hmm. three white men were like, you know what we should do? Write a show about that. Yeah. So um, we got two main plot lines here. Uh, Albert Peterson, who is a songwriter in New York, and Rosie Alvarez, who's his secretary and also love interest. They want to get married. But Albert won't stand up to his mom and marry Rosie because the mom disapproves in the movie because she's dramatic in the stage play because she's racist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drama then strikes when their big musical star, the boy band hit Conrad Birdie, a.k.a. Elvis, uh, gets drafted into the army. So their big plot to make money and save the company is they're going to do, like, one big last hurrah before he goes to war. So they'll pick, like, one apple pie all-American teen girl from his fan club, and he's going to kiss her live on The Ed Sullivan Show. (laughs) And that teen is Kim McAfee, who's just been pinned by her new boyfriend, Hugo, so they're going steady. Um... And then everybody has feelings, and shenanigans ensue. But don't worry, it's a 1960s all-American musical, so everyone ends up happy.
0: After being accused of statutory rape. Yup. It, guys, it's rough. Woof. It's way rough. Like, imagine. I'm trying to think of like. It is. They were inspired by Elvis being uh-huh. conscripted in the army. And that is such a I mean, I can I can kind of understand at the time thinking this is a cool cultural moment. Let's make a musical about it. But like it so much about Elvis happened after that, Uh that it just gets sort of washed away. It would be like it would be like if someone made a musical about Beyonce getting cast in Austin Powers. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, it happened, and it was kind of interesting and cool, but so much about Beyoncé, ha- like, the world has moved past that. We don't care about that anymore. And yeah. And this show, I don't understand. It just,
1: it's I, not good. The,
0: the, the, and maybe, maybe we're doing it a bit of a disservice, because the script and the book and all of it is so dated that it's yes it's really hard for us as 2022 uh, people yeah convert.
1: and i feel like that's the biggest takeaway i you know watched the movie version of the show and then i went back because there's some major discrepancies between the movie and the musical mm-hmm. um and like watch some of those cut numbers and other stuff to refamiliarize myself with it because it's been a hot minute uh but wow, the big takeaway is this is firmly planted in the 60s and yeah. holds not much of any relevance for today. And and it's hard because we,
0: I mean, we've talked about shows that were A, set in the past and B, written a long time ago that, that still hold up because they like have a timeless qu- I, it's really yeah. hard to describe but like. well it's
1: also the kind of thing that i think about with shakespeare like mm-hmm. right like it's very very old so if truly if it was just writing about what the 1600s were like no one would do the shows anymore yeah. but they tap into like core human emotions and experiences that kind of defy or go beyond those time limits mm-hmm. and so certain shows like you know Fiddle around the roof like we can relate to feelings of family or suzical. we can you know the idea of imagination yeah. those things transcend when they were written but boy howdy this show just like plants 1960 every five seconds yeah.
0: it is so specifically about the cult- pop culture of that moment yes that it, it is really hard to and, and there is very little like thematic questioning going around there's mm-hmm. no like artistic Que- or emotional question for our heroes to answer. Yes, um, I've I've read some reviews talking about like, oh, it's a satire. If it's a satire, it's a bad one. I'm saying. Yeah, that right well, up. and
1: that's one of the things, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit, but. I feel like with good satire, it punches up. Yeah. It doesn't punch down, and that's what helps it endure. This just feels like it's really punching down hard on mm. how much we wanted to make fun of kids and youths, and specifically like, you know, the the fangirl Women, evolution. Because yeah. that was huge then and it yeah. still is now. But I also think it's like, okay, well, maybe instead of just repeatedly making fun of and just finding 80 different ways to call these teenagers stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, There could be a commentary on the larger social things that are causing all of it. So, I don't know. I just got mad at all of that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you really kind of summed up the the plot pretty well, basically because there is a very (laughs) cut-and-dry plot. Like, they are trying to make money off of Conrad going into the army, and it is just... A, like a lot of publicity stunts and like the fact one of the the, the key pop culture moment is that like a huge part of the show is about getting on the ed sullivan show and they have an right. entire song dedicated to the <laughs> ed sullivan show and like i i it it, it, it it would be like if someone wrote a musical about about 2021 and there was an entire song about like that hot minute when john krasinski had a like newscast on like it's not that like that isn't relevant or like wouldn't be interesting but it's it's just such a small slice
1: and it will stop being relevant so quick so fast so
0: quick like it's not it's i i yeah, the the main characters, main two characters are Albert Peterson and Rosie Alvarez, mm-hmm. uh, our songwriter and his secretary. Um, I mean, the, the, what I'll say, <laughs> I'm trying to find some good things to say about this musical. Yes, they effectively use uh musical theater tropes in in, in these characters. I feel like in, yes. in like you know, Albert is a really recognizable like neurotic nervous writer mm-hmm. creator type. Rosie is this very recognizable strong kind of sassy w- romantic woman. Yeah. Um you've got the like overbearing mother, you've got the love-struck daughter, like it's uh, it's a lot of pieces we've seen.
1: Yeah, and what I will say the one thing I do have to say about the show that I think is really awesome and does hold up um is the character of Rosie. Who's really, really cool. Uh, First, okay, let me say this. Just in terms of musical theater, to have a leading lady who is a love interest, who is smart, and the main character of the show, be an alto. Let's have a moment for everyone who's not a fucking soprano out there, who just gets to be the sassy maid in the background. Like, we have a leading (laughs) lady who can sing low notes, fucking finally.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, um, let's let's tackle Rosie's plot points a few a little bit here. For so, sure, um, Rosie wants to marry Albert uh, and also wants him to go to become an English teacher. Which, like, girl, yes. not don't like. If you think the music industry is hard, do right? not ask him to go into oh teaching.
1: That whole song, I'm just like, you, you... There's no way you can live in he the U.S. Get... and be like, if only he would leave this music business and become a nice, stable English teacher with an MFA. I'm like, oh, really? Really? That's where? Oh, boy, girl, you got another thing coming if you think that's going to make a steady income.
0: Albert can also barely put a sentence together and you think he's <laughs> going to be able to stand in front of mean high schoolers. What are the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> uh, so she comes up with this publicity idea uh, to get the money and eventually get Albert. Albert. Albert to be able to go to become an English teacher and then they can get married. Um, And then, but then Albert's mother doesn't like Rosie because she is Spanish. And, um,
1: and when you say Spanish, we mean like has Latinx origins, but was born in Pennsylvania, like canonically in the show.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, the, uh, here's another thing like I I don't want to I don't want to brag Megan but I'm I've experienced some racism in my life so oh my goodness, I feel have like you? <laughs> I feel like I can identify it and like e- when when shows or any piece of media like makes fun of or commentates on racism there there are like some telltales of like oh we can tell that is meant to be racist and we're supposed mm-hmm. to react in a certain way. His mother's racism towards Rosie is so weird, and like, there's like, there were like maybe one or two, like, points where I was like, oh yeah, that's like a recognizable racist commentary, whatever. But then there was some stuff where like I was like, what are you even saying, old woman? (laughs) I don't know what you're trying. Like, I understand the show wants us to think you're being racist. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) But like after like she so she tries to split up albert and rosie uh, by bringing in this girl albert's hire oh yeah and
1: just in this weird unnecessary subplot <laughs>
0: And and then Rosie just decides to get angry about it and then t- plots to murder Albert but then decides to just ruin the publicity thing.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like something happens and this is also just big in musical theater in general. Yeah. Instead of stopping to say like, you know, take a deep breath and maybe communicate with someone else you're like, nope, immediately I'm going to storm away, live in my house of feelings yeah. and uh, go I'm to 10.
0: Assume the worst and not change from there until someone sings at me.
1: I will not examine these beliefs until you prove to me you love me.
0: Uh, Eventually, they go through some trials, which include Rosie interrupting a Shriners meeting, which is apparently... The weirdest
1: thing! (laughs) In case
0: you're, like, a normal person and don't know what Shriners are, they're essentially, like, Freemasons, I guess?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know those Shriners Children Hospital ads that you see every year around Christmas time where they wear the red hats? Those people.
0: Yeah, and then they get back together, and then she decides to marry Albert. Okay, she has wanted to marry Albert the entire show, and then at the like end, eight
1: years. And, she,
0: and then at the end, she just decides that she's going to, and then they do. Like, okay. Um, <laughs> and she sings a song called Spanish Rose, where she decides. Yeah. To, uh, she decides that even though Albert's mom is racist, she is going to marry Albert because she loves him and she's going to deliberately play up her Spanish heritage to annoy May, even though she is from Pennsylvania and was born in the U.S.
1: I'll
0: eat the tacos and the enchilada I'll drink tequila till I feel no pain The only song I'll sing will be grandmother
1: I'll be more Espanol than Abby Lane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, la, la, la. it's hard because it's like, it's one of those things that I guess theoretically could be empowering if you were singing about it. But at the same time, it's also weird written from the perspective of three white men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talking about, they're like, and this is how I'll show you. And you're like, Okay.
0: I can see a version of this joke happening and right. working and landing. But I
1: feel like it just doesn't quite land no. in the show. And so you're left with this weird taste in your mouth. Like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about what just happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It it also doesn't help that none of the songs are good in this show. I'm just going to oh say God.
1: It. it. And with, like, there's a lot of... Oh. There's a lot of dance breaks. If you're mm-hmm. watching the show, be prepared to watch a lot of dance breaks. It gives a very like, you know, uh, musicals of that era. We're starting to get real into dance. We're feeling yeah. our dance yeah. selves. It felt very like um, uh, singing in the rain-esque in that sense where lots of big song and dance numbers but as opposed to like singing in the rain at least has like a plot that makes sense and i understand why we're doing it there's a lot of times they break into dance where i'm like okay but why though and does it have to be eight minutes it's just
0: it's just like there are no standout songs in this show like no No. nothing you want to sing along to nothing where you're like oh wow that's a showstopper
1: like right all like the only reason some of these songs are recognizable is because again it is one of the only leading alto women in the golden age so rosie's shit gets done a lot because you don't have a lot to pick from yeah uh
0: charles strauss who wrote the music for this really i mean he's written a lot of music and he's written a lot of shows but his really only other hit was annie
1: annie um, yeah
0: and like i mean i'm sure we'll talk about that one day but like i mean it's not a great not a great hit list of like oh i wrote annie and also bye bye birdie <laughs> Like, it's... he's
1: written a lot of shows that get done by high schools, middle schools and elementary schools across the country, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. which, you know, we all have to pay our bills somehow. So, like, that's right.
1: Fine. You know, get those royalties, boo. Um,
0: Moving on to a second, uh, the statutory rape plot line. Oh, um, boy. So, yeah, I mean, a trigger warning for discussing statutory rape, but also it's like not heavily nothing like
1: particularly happens it's just like the adults being like he's a wild boy who dances with his pelvis and he's Mm. going to deflower our youths
0: so yeah conrad birdie is just basically a parody of elvish elvis elvish elvish (laughs) um he has pointy ears and he speaks in a british Uh accent with pale white hair um uh conrad birdie uh has very few lines in the show he just like Mm -hmm. performs which i i kind of i like that i like that concept of like i don't know he just kind
1: of stands there while everybody projects their ideas of him onto him and he's like okay
0: yeah and the songs that he sings aren't particularly sexy maybe this is because it's 2022 and like i've seen music videos where i've like sir that's your hole i see your hole yeah and like (laughs) now it's like this is nothing
1: our scale of sexy is wildly changed yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but he gets on the ed sullivan show and this girl kim is chosen to kiss him and then her boyfriend gets jealous and punches conrad um and conrad gets fed up with being controlled, and decide he's gonna go out and party. And he and Kim and the rest of the teams go to this, like, make-out spot, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. A the bar? ice house. Yeah, I don't really get that. Um, And then they uh, go there, and then a bunch of other stuff happens, and then police get there, and they... Arrest Conrad for statutory rape. Um and I, uh, it, it's weird. It's weird because in this, sh- I mean, I watched a high school show's version of this production. Mm-hmm. and they, I mean, there wasn't any implication that like there was any sex that happened. Um, I don't, in the movie, is there any implication that sex happens? Oh,
1: that plot line is fully cut out. I in wonder the
0: movie.
1: why. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> it's almost why. like upon revisiting it, they said, maybe we don't do that. Yeah, it's just a
0: bummer. It's just like, oh, okay, there there are musicals that, and, and pieces of art that deal with sexual assault in ways that I think are powerful and well done. In this a, is a
1: throwaway plot point. It's music- more of a commentary on the state of how we oppress sexuality yeah. in America than anything else. In a
0: musical comedy, maybe don't bring up statutory re- like, right? I mean, like, it, it's fine if you if you just don't talk about that there because it just feels
1: so weird. Yeah, yeah, it's oh boy.
0: Yeah. There aren't I mean I, I can't even talk about any of the songs because they're all bad and they're all Well,
1: boring. I mean, I feel like we have to at least go through some of them. Okay, you fine. know, we, have we to gotta, gotta do our due diligence obligation. to really talk about the show. Are there um,
0: okay. Are there any songs you like or enjoy no. more than others? Okay.
1: Oh, um <laughs> one thing I will say is there's just so much um nasal screaming that yeah. happens in this show. Yeah. You feel like your ears are bleeding a little bit through it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, no tino shade to any of the actors performing it. I fully understand that's how everyone who does this show is directed to do it. But, like, yikers. Um, So, like, one of the big big opening numbers uh, telephone hour with like mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the kids in Sweet Apple, Ohio. And they're all talking about how Kim got panned by Conrad. And it's it's like gender rolls the song. Like, yeah. do you want to see what we thought of boys and girls in 1960s? Here you go.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also just like it's the 1960 version of like it's because you be on that phone all that time. It's because right. You, it's because you be texting and playing that Pokemon Go. Like, it's just. It, it, uh, it,
1: uh, although, man, I gotta say, when I was like six and seven and I was watching like Lizzie McGuire and she would be like talking with Miranda mm, on the landline all the time, mm, I was like, that is the peak of adulthood. Like, I can't wait to grow to up and talk people. to my friends. Yeah. And have my parents be like, get off the phone line. I'll be like, oh, mom, you don't get it. Yeah.
0: I want to twist the the cord in my finger while I right while I lay
1: on my bed Mm. with my feet kicking up in the air while we plan our future.
0: I want to get wrapped up into it and then start walking somewhere and then like oh, um, yeah, it's yeah, that's fun. And the movie I watched the movie version of of that song and like that's it, it. The the choreography and staging is like. Interesting. It's,
1: we have a lot of 1960s dance moves in there, yeah. you know? It's a nice little um yeah. choreography history of what was current at the time.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um The like again, there's just a lot of random the 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 next few songs have like random dance breaks that like I don't get for no like, reason. There they're, the we We talked about in Oklahoma that the dance ballet and like there are it's a surprisingly dance heavy show and the dances are incorporated in ways that like feel both naturalistic and like important for the show. Right. Um, They
1: explore things that couldn't be explored through song or speech in the show.
0: This show feels like, well, this song isn't good. So let's (laughs) dance. Albert sings this song called Put on a Happy Face to Ugh. a girl who is worried that when <laughs> Conrad gets out of the army, she'll be too old for him. And like, that's fucking funny. That's fucking funny, guys. Um, And he just tells her to, you know, be optimistic
1: because maybe you won't be too old for him. Right? And then they, yeah, that's how age works and time works.
0: <laughs> and then they just dance it out. And it's like, this is, we're in the middle of act one. Right? Why are we having a dance break now? Dance breaks are like to put you over the crest of the back to hump like, oh
1: my god and like in the movie i really had to go back and be like there has to be different context because i don't remember this but i would have punched him he it's albert singing it to rosie because oh he's just pissed her off and taken his mother's side over her and she's mad and he's like just put on a happy face and i was like i would have punched a bitch like are yeah. you kidding me yeah.
0: There's a lot of. This is just a very unpleasant musical for anyone. Just of the any 1960s gender.
1: version of "You'd be prettier if you mm-hmm, smiled more." Mm-hmm. Smile more, <laughs> sweetie. Smile,
0: smile, sweetie, sweetie. Smile. <laughs> um, the uh, there's just like nothing.
1: Oh my god, how lovely to be a woman! The whole time mm. I was watching it, I was just like, "Is this what it was like to be a teen without mental illness?" Like, yeah. is that? Wow, that looks so fun and free she to just, just have very... so much hope for the world. <laughs>
0: Kim is the, like, young girl who gets selected to kiss Conrad, and... She is just talking about like, oh my god, I'm 15, I'm a woman now, this is great. Nothing bad has ever happened to me in my process of becoming a teenager. And during the song, like, she changes into what I guess was popular at that time to wear, which is like this slumpy sweater and jeans Yeah, what the,
1: I was like, why did, what?
0: I know, for like...
1: I thought she was going to try to sneak out of the house as her brother. I wasn't sure what was happening.
0: I thought she was like, um... She was wearing, like, a kid's dress, and then she was going to dress in, like, a woman's dress. Because all of the, w- quote-unquote, right? women we see are not, like, dressed like that. and
1: Which I guess is, like, their weird sense of, like, haha ha juxtaposition. But yeah. it doesn't read that way. It just reads like a weird choice.
0: And I guess some of the teen girls are, like, wearing somewhat similar outfits. But uh, Kim's... Not really. <laughs> really. Not really. Not really. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't I don't know what else yeah. to say. The character
1: of Kim just also makes me kind of mad because it's like all of the negative stereotypes that we like to have mm. about teenage girls put into one character and she is given no redeeming qualities. Yeah. She is given no real like agency or vulnerability and yes i know it's a musical comedy we don't want to think or feel that hard but it's also just like frustrating and one of the many reasons where i'm like okay we can leave the show in the past
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what can we do to make this show watchable what what would we change to make this show watchable because i have an idea but i megan do you have anything right off the bat
1: gosh make the satire good
0: yeah i think i think like (laughs) lean into like a reefer madness kind of like satire of like yeah we're
1: like if you're gonna go go all the way i think there's like a teensy bit of that with the all american boys song Mm -hmm. where we like see a little peek of like the oh this is tongue-in-cheek this is commentary about like pop culture and the kind of rock media and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they just decide to totally abandon um, real satire after that song.
0: Yeah. I also think if, I mean, one way to get rid of the incredibly funny bit of statutory rape um, (laughs) would be like if if Conrad Birdie was more of a like commentary on like Tap Hunter. Do you know who Tap Hunter is? No. He was like a uh, uh, golden age era, like teen heartthrob who in hollywood it was very well known that he was gay um but like Uh, all of the teen girls like every teen girl had like a poster of him and they mm -hmm, would like make mm -hmm. him go on dates with like elizabeth taylor who became like his best friend and like his beard um if like this if conrad's character was more about like albert trying to like keep him in the closet or all that that's probably me projecting 2022 on Right. this musical but yeah i feel
1: like I'm there's so no desperate. way that would have flown in 1960 oh no no <laughs> gay people
0: didn't exist in 1960 right? megan i don't know what to tell you they
1: were everyone in the theater but they did not mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm.
0: the u.s navy did not exist it, oh that's the punchline conrad does get drafted into the army but he chooses to go into the navy that's, that's the way that the story ends i love um, it and then he reveals his name is actually harvey milk that, that's that's great <laughs> and he Amazing. starts the revolution mm-hmm. so i i understand that like this musical was important at that time and like meaningful at that time for sure i would pay let it go so much money to just never touch this show again and just never like we never have to hear about it again
1: yeah I think that's about all that can be said for this show. That's all we can say. So
0: (laughs) on that wonderful note, this is sort of like um, uh, the Empire Strikes Back where you end on a really down note. (laughs) um, We're going to let's head to intermission and then we'll be back for act two. And welcome back. I hope you have emotionally recovered from Act One, um, because <laughs> we certainly have not. But at least now we can talk a little bit less about Bye Bye Birdie and talk more about um, everyone's favorite host of the High School Musical show, Megan Peugeot. Oh, Megan, stop. <sighs> First of all, I, I I don't mean to blame you, but I am going to blame you because you're, I know. you're the reason why I fault. have to I It's my fault. I'm the reason
1: we have to talk about this show. Yeah.
0: So you were in, tell me about when you were in Bye Bye Birdie.
1: Well, Bye Bye Birdie was my freshman year high school musical. Mm. So, you know, this was really my intro to what a high school musical was. Oh, um, what an I entry. remember not liking the show even what? at the time of doing it. <laughs>
0: Did people in your cast like it or was everyone like this is bad?
1: Um, I mean, I think some people liked it. I don't know. Probably the people with leads were just like chill to have leads and Mm -hmm. songs. But I feel like the consensus was like, eh. My thing was just like. So I was a part of the teen chorus because, obviously, as a freshman, I was in the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just had to sing in like this, We love you, Conrad, so many freaking times. And I just remember being done by, like, music rehearsal, too. Like, nah, this is, I'm okay never hearing this again in my life.
0: Tell me a little bit about the production. What was it like? What was the um, kind of interpretation of the piece?
1: It was a very straight interpretation in terms of like i don't think it strayed much from what Mm. was originally done there was no like concept that i can really remember put on top of it it just kind of was the show the set was kind of cool uh i tried to go back and find pictures today and they just like do not exist (laughs) which i I think is so funny like i know there's some in my yearbook but i obviously do not have that um but from what i remember it was uh kind of built so that we could have like the telephone hour thing so it was like a two level thing with lots of little boxes for windows and there were lots of bright colors that mm-hmm. i do remember like mm-hmm. very 60s very technicolor yeah um so like staging wise it was pretty cool because you had some levels and people could be in the windows and you could spotlight and it was sure very fun sure. um yeah i just remember we had such a big ensemble for the show yeah um, which I feel guys... like is emblematic of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the appeals of like why people want yeah. to do this show. Because...
1: Also, remember like we're a high school of all females, right. so we get so through a lot a perfect, of girls. Yeah, yeah. And half of them were dressed as boys with their little pants, <laughs> singing the boys' tenor line. <laughs> um,
0: were you guys? You guys? I think you might have covered this, but were you guys the type of musical where like everyone got in, or like they were pretty not? much,
1: okay. yeah. We were we were a no cut musical the fall okay. play cut the spring musical did not okay so yeah. this was a good show where you could like really load up your ensemble
0: mm-hmm. um, at, at a certain yeah. point you're just like just get on the stage just right just, get on the <laughs> just, just... throw
1: 40 teenage girls mm-hmm. on stage none it's of these fine. Song,
0: none of these songs are hard so just do right your
1: rest. vocally very easy yeah. yeah I was part of like the um the uh, like dancer chorus part, not like the <laughs> not like the dance dance. There was like a separate mm. like dance dance that did like the ice house dance and the other like dancy dances. I was like, there were sort of three tiers: like the everybody's on stage ensemble, then yeah. like the. You're good, good enough to do, like, some slightly more challenging choreography. Mm-hmm. And then the, so y'all are, like, decent dancers. Yeah. That was a smaller group at the top. And I was in that kind of middle tier.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like that that hierarchy established itself at, like, every mu- in, uh, Yeah. Every like, like, when the... you just have
1: a lot of people, you kind of got to funnel them into mm-hmm. groups of what you can do with them.
0: The group who you give a jazz square and they will still trip up. Yep. The group <laughs> where you're like, I'm going to incorporate... Uh, opposing hand and leg movement Mm -hmm. and then the group that has been taking dance lessons since they were three
1: where you're like double pirouette and drop into a splits and they're like like, yeah yeah. for sure how high do you want my leg to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like okay cool
0: um was there any particular moment or or song or or dance that was either challenging or, or that stands out to you in memory
1: yes i mean i remember very clearly that like the big the big, like, dance number that my kind of middle group was in, what made us that middle group was the telephone hour dance. Yeah. Because I think there was, like, only 20 of us. So, like, it, if you were in the middle tier, then you were in the telephone hour dance. And it was, like, pretty fast-paced, like, you know, not crazy challenging, but, like, you were doing a lot and mm-hmm. constantly moving, and it was very athletic. Mm-hmm. Um And so I remember us just spending a lot of time working on that dance. And I remember I was so excited because I was, like, just a freshman. It was, like, the second Friday of shows that my three best friends were going to come and see me and support me. And I was in, like, the first line of this dance, which made me feel so good because it was like, we don't have to put you in the back because you have to watch people. Like, you just know the choreography. And I was like, yeah, I do. And I was running out to do it. And I don't know what I tripped on. But I full trip and face plants oh, no. out on the stage like Megan. starfish on the stage and I'm just like stunned for a couple seconds because it's that thing of like you know when you hit the ground so fast yeah. that you're genuinely yeah. like why am I not standing right now yeah. uh, and so it took me a couple seconds of like everyone else dancing around me and just like all of these panicked people looking down at me like are you okay and so then of course the show must go on and so I stood up and just like I mean jump back in and I'm smiling and I'm like I'm fine I'm fine and running like so freaking high on adrenaline that I'm just like cackling my whole mm-hmm. way off stage like that was so funny and then somebody's like Megan your leg is bleeding and I look down <laughs> and I just have like this small gash in my knee that's just been like dripping blood through my tights oh the whole dance number <laughs> that whole opening number or not opening but like my real opening yeah, number yeah, yeah. I just have like blood dripping down my leg
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that our first like on stage injury, injury question?
1: Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. At least for either of us. Yeah. yeah. That well oh, I remember that very clearly <laughs> and that is like one of my only vivid memories of this show. Mm. Uh, uh,
0: I don't want to be mean, but I can one hundred percent see that happening for someone right? like
1: you. <laughs> I just... I'm really good at tripping over flat surfaces. Mm, mm.
0: <laughs> it's not that you're like you're not like Bella Swan levels of clumsy, no. but like you and you have a. This is gonna sound so mean. You have a special kind of grace and elegance. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, you I like, like to move. say that my body has comedic timing that I'm not <laughs> always aware of.
0: <laughs> your body, your body, and you are like. are like improv partners in their like 40th year we're like right and like
1: my my body is the really physical comedy person and i'm more of like the witty humor and so periodically it's like what if we just did like a pratfall and that's gonna be funny and i said oh okay and, like, most of the times you guys are in sync,
0: but because you've been working for so long, so long, one of you guys tries to throw the other one like an right. ball, and it just, like, doesn't work. Um,
1: did you, so like Yeah, so that's really what happened there. Yeah.
0: Do you remember—okay, I'm fascinated by this. Did your director have any discussion about, like, hey, so a plot point in this musical is that one guy gets accused of statutory rape, and we just I... have to do that
1: i was trying to think about that i don't remember a conversation happening about that i don't remember if it was like in our show i don't oh i don't i don't think we did like we never did like the junior versions of shows we Mm -hmm. always just did the show so i'm assuming it wasn't cut um but i don't remember so i guess it didn't super stand out we -hmm. did have the obligatory um There were three guys brought in for the show to play Mm -hmm. Albert, Conrad, and Hugo. So we did have like the obligatory, hey, these are boys that are here to help us in our show. Please don't be a scary mob of sixty teenage girls on three boys. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't be the actual like. Teen don't ensemble. be
1: this show. Yeah,
0: yeah. Prove
1: yeah. prove the stereotypes wrong. Were
0: these boys at least of age, or were they like? Yes, college? they were all in
1: high school. Okay, no, these yeah. were all high school boys from my memory.
0: Were they good? Because like the boys kind of like they, they they kind of matter in this show.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think. Um, I. I don't remember them standing (laughs) at as, like, either fantastic or bad, which I guess is good. They were, like, fine Hmm. um, from my memory. I do remember that the guy that played Conrad, um, you know, there's that scene where he comes out to sing Sincere when he gets, like, introduced to the town of Sweet Apple. And he wears this, like, iconic gold Gold, lame outfit. And I remember on, like, several occasions... Um, just that seam splitting because he had to do a cartwheel and he would just like full split the gold lame. Like that thing got patched over yeah. a couple times.
0: Yeah. I mean, gold lame is not a fabric that like it's... gives. Yeah. <laughs> not, as in, like, as in... not your
1: first choice for your acrobatics routine. No, no. Uh, uh, oof,
0: oof. Were there any, I mean, you talked about the three boys, but like it sounds like there weren't many like showmances or like anything uh, like that. I'm
1: trying to, th- I... I mean I feel like there might have been mm-hmm. I I I keep getting this vibe that maybe our our Kim and our um I feel like the the girl that played Kim was briefly in a relationship with somebody but i also just like have such weird hazy memories i feel like your freshman year musical is that thing of like when you're on college tours and then you eventually go to that school but nothing matches up to your memory of visiting the school because now you have like real like oh well this is what this building is this is where this is whereas in your brain you're like i don't know it was all of these weird buildings that Mm -hmm. somehow connected that's how i feel (laughs) about my Freshman Year Musical, like, I was just so, like, I'm in a show with, like, upperclassmen and I have, like, stuff and all of that that it, it just, like, <laughs> ceased to be a real thing for me. Did you? Like, this feels like such a
0: weird musical to start out with. like Right? did you leave this musical thinking, well Uh, 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 honestly you thought like oh well musicals are fun i should keep doing them but like how could you have fun with this musical
1: (laughs) i feel like i was so much of like at this point in my life i was already so bought into musicals that this was a show where i was like that wasn't a good show i didn't enjoy doing that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the show was fun like you're with your friends you're doing the things you like to do but the actual like content of the show Not exactly something where I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so sad to leave this music behind. No, I was very happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think if this had been, like, my first real exposure to doing theater, I don't know how much I would have continued. Yeah,
0: it's just (laughs) oof, oof. Looking back on it, is there anything that you can really, like, glean or any, any, like, lesson or or anything about theater that this show kind of taught you?
1: Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I learned any lessons. I guess I learned um I just started developing my still strong dislike for the heavily nasal musical theater sound mm-hmm. that is just pervading the industry. Yeah. I don't know. Um yeah, it was a weird show. Even then, I feel like it was a weird show. Not that anyone did a particularly bad job, like yeah. I don't think the direction was bad or the set or the people. It's just a weird show. It's so like there's only so much you can yeah. do with it.
0: No matter how much icing you put on a pile of shit, when you right, cut into it, it's still, a, it, pile it's still a pile
1: of shit.
0: Yeah. Um who would you cast me as in this show?
1: Mm see now your idea of like having a gay Conrad makes me want to make you Conrad I know, yeah. um, but I feel like you could be I feel like you could be Albert yeah I I, I could make you that I also feel like you could be Kim's dad <laughs> who no, honestly yeah. was like... You know, aside from the whole weird paternalistic aspects of it, his whole, like, fucking kids. I was like, honestly, I've never agreed with a yeah. boomer more. Like, the fucking kids in the show.
0: I also want all of these kids to, to be quiet. Stop but, the
1: youths. Here's
0: the thing, Megan. He's talking about the baby boomers. His, I the know. Kids isn't the that wild? Boomers.
1: That's the greatest generation.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yes, God. all you baby boomers out there, you are just as annoying.
0: hmm um, the correct answer is that I wouldn't have auditioned. Um, the correct <laughs> the correct answer is that I would say I'm good. I don't need to be in the show. Um, for you, I feel like you could bring a lot of comedy to Kim in a way yeah. that, like, yeah, I,
1: I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Kim is funny. I wish. Oh, I I think my one thing for Kim, like, I think there's a lot there that could be really funny about her if she was given the agency to Mm -hmm. be in on the joke Mm -hmm. and i think that's my problem with her and with the show is that she's never on the inside of the joke she's always on the outside and we're laughing at her she's never a part of it like i also recognize how ridiculous this is yeah yeah i uh,
0: the only problem with that is that as as i know some uh acting professors have told you you have such a wizened old energy uh, i think you would probably just be the other play.
1: day i got that note again and i was like again i was told i Wait, really? have a fear i was told i can come off looking very morose and so i have oh, to wow. play against and i was like oh my god this is the acting teacher version of when i was a camp counselor and they told me i had resting worry face <laughs>
0: And you're like, it's called anxiety. I can't just switch it off. I can't.
1: It's a mental disorder, you, I wish
0: I could, but I just can't. Um, I, So in that case, I think like probably, I mean, if we're... Maybe maybe Kim's mom, like yeah. I feel like let's that's... just
1: be the parents. We'll mm. just be the parents in the show. That feels correct.
0: I was gonna say because you have like such a good comedic timing, like you could be Albert's mom. But I really don't want to see you be racist towards Latina people.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me either. There are moments in the show, like you know, when she's not being racist, where I'm like. Go off, sis! Like yes, manipulate mm-hmm. the hell out of your son. It's very funny. And then she turns around and makes a comment, and I'm like, "Well, never mind. I'm not yeah. on your side anymore." There's this
0: one bit. I was uh, there was this one bit where she. I can't remember what Albert was talking about. She was like, "All right," and then she just walked over to the oven and put her head in. And yes, like I was like, I'm like, I'm like the That's queen funny. of
1: drama. I love her.
0: <laughs> um, I. Sh- 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 wh- what? What? Wh- what do we? What do we yeah, know about... Why, hi- why yeah, why
1: is this show done in high schools? Uh, I feel like it is genuinely because lots of teenagers and a yeah. big chorus. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and nostalgia. get, But that's the thing. is like It's not even get people's parents in. It's like get their f- grandparents, grandparents in. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, God, my parents weren't born when this show came out. Mm-mm.
0: It's just like, I don't... Yeah, this musical, as more and more old people die, from, the, from <laughs> becomes the on-
1: less and less relevant. Yeah,
0: it's just like who is gonna relate to this? I can't, <laughs> like, honestly, truly, in the next ten years, I cannot see a production of Bye Bye Birdie going well. No. Like, who? who I who? I do
1: remember speaking about that specific time aspect. Our director having to talk to us all about the cultural significance of the Ed Sullivan Show because we were all mm. like, what? <laughs> And it's such a big plot point in the show. And, yeah, just, like, I feel like that fact alone is, like, maybe a little red flag that, yeah, hmm, If a huge plot point revolves around a thing that holds no relevance to any of the people doing it, just don't maybe don't do it. Don't do don't it.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> um, so I think, I mean, we've answered the question, should sh- high schools continue to do the show? Yeah. No, don't. no. There are so, we've talked about, even the show's that we have talked about where it's like don't do the show anymore before this there's at least a song that is memorable or yeah.
1: like a do Oklahoma before you fun. do this show yeah.
0: do Oklahoma before you do
1: this show like the, the, that's our glowing recommendation of oklahoma <laughs> do oklahoma before you do bye bye birdie yeah
0: and even then like don't do oklahoma but like just right. don't do o- <laughs> bye bye birdie like it's just not enjoyable which like maybe this makes this a bad podcast episode but
1: like Ugh. you know if you know sometimes it's fun to talk about the things you don't like too mm. <laughs> Thank you for listening
0: to the High School Musical show. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the High School Musical show. If Megan is able to unearth any of those baby Megan, I will photos. find. I
1: will find some.
0: Uh, uh, we'll post those just so you can recognize that we can. Uh, I hope that there's some blood-stained tights
1: in,
0: in, in these photos. <laughs> Fingers crossed for that, folks. um uh, Megan, anything you want to plug?
1: Um, go follow at only the best birds on oh, Instagram. God. You're home for bird related comedy.
0: Ah, uh, you need to do a post where, I mean, this is so... <gasps>
1: Birdie? Yeah,
0: this is, that's such an insular <laughs> I'll joke. I'll time it with this. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cool. Good, good, good. Um, And uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a show that deserves to be talked about. <laughs> um, But in the meantime, Megan, give us that just like hard... Hitting, culturally relevant, uh, Mm -hmm. biting satire that is witty and just upbeat. Go.
1: The end.